Welcome back to Roadmap to Politics. This week, me and AJ discuss the implications of the coronavirus, how it affects everybody, and what you should do to keep yourself safe. Two, one. Welcome, everyone. Um, I'm AJ. I'm JH. And we're just going to talk about the coronavirus just because, um, one, it's a really, really big topic lately. It's been around the news almost. You can't really escape it. I mean, every single conversation I've had in the last three days have been about the coronavirus, essentially. Yeah, no, same here. And, like, uh, it's very interesting just because, like, one, I work in the medical field. I'm a nursing aide at a hospital. So I've had pa- – not, not patients who have coronavirus, but, like, our hospitals already have, like, some implementation of, like, screenings for people, like, who are potentially – infected and they're trying to like rule out a lot now so a lot of the hospitals that hospital floors have been like isolation rooms and stuff like that so just kind of like taking out a lot of preventative not preventative yeah preventative preventative measures yeah and i uh went to the doctor today so i think i'm just as qualified (laughs) (laughs) speaking of qualifications though uh we we are not i want to really preface this before we go into this conversation um we are not medical doctors we are not offering we're yeah we are not professionals in any way we're reading articles online and just discussing it and we're trying to take a college student's perspective on the coronavirus yeah and kind of explain to you like some of the rationale behind like why people are freaking out over it why people need to Mm -hmm. self-quarantine why we're like trying to mitigate the spread even though it's only like 150,000 people right now right which is still like it's good that we're trying to do more preventative stuff which I feel is a more proactive approach yeah than like actually I would say it's more proactive than a lot of other diseases where people kind of just like shrugged it off in the past right right. and then it builds up and you're like oh god trying to keep it from being a concentrated issue there like yeah especially like in major cities I feel it, it can get, it can be very detrimental if it were to spread that much mm-hmm. in those big major cities. But um, before we really go into any of that, let's just talk about what exactly this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coronavirus, um, according to the World Health Organization, is basically the coronavirus we're talking about right now is the novel um, twenty nineteen coronavirus. So and COVID nineteen. Um, that's that. I mean, the same. They're in the same category as like. SARS and MERS. Um, is, I don't think the flu is part of that, right? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a more severe type of oh, like yeah. virus. Actually, no, it does. Um, oh, it coronavirus is. does. I think include some types of like the flu because um, like more severe flus, right? Okay, because um, it does like because the coronavirus family of viruses is like a large ranging um, form of illnesses. Like it can go from like the common cold all the way to these more. Um, severe diseases that we're talking about like like um, SARS, MERS, SARS, coronavirus. Yeah, and these are all things that the, the, the World Health Organization is talking about on their website. We're going to include all these links below of course, the, in the show notes because these are definitely important things to follow up with. Yeah, and I mean they're the a lot of these organizations are really good with posting things every day and updates about the situations. Um, right. The WHO has a list of situation reports every single day for every country that's affl- afflicted with this. I know personally that like my girlfriend is going to Iceland um, over the summer or wants mm-hmm. to. She had she got an internship opportunity there, mm-hmm. and so she's checking the situation report every single day to make sure that like what's the spread, yeah. how bad is it going to be, um, and all that stuff. So like they're really really thorough, especially with this. Like, and that's really good because it's just like kind of keeping yourself aware of what's happening around you, right? Um, and 
yes, it's spreading very rapidly, especially mm-hmm. in the past couple of days. But um, we're, we're going to dive more into the uh, – we'll talk about that more later. First off, we're going to be talking about the origins more. Yep. So – But before we do that, it's like kind of like the thing about the coronavirus, at least the novel one that we're talking about, the 2019 – Generally, um, the coronaviruses are spread from, like, animals to people before it goes from people to people. That's, like, generally the trend that seems to happen. I mean, it happened with this one. Yeah, that's what happened with this one. I think that's what happened with uh, SARS. SARS, too, and mm-hmm. MERS, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you're yeah. right on that. And then, like, another thing, too, is at least with the, the common, like, signs of infection that you'll get are, like, the respiratory symptoms, uh, fever, cough shortness of breath and then breathing difficulties mm-hmm. and then like if depending more severe case yeah so like depending on where the um the virus so basically the way that the virus these type of viruses work is they implement your, themselves in one area of your body mm-hmm. for like the common cold it's going to be up in your nose and that's why you get a really stuffy nose and they'll use like those different areas like those cells of your wherever they end up binding to to replicate themselves and kind of spread around mm-hmm. um, the coronavirus, for example, um, the novel coronavirus of 2019 binds itself in your lungs. So that is why you can have uh, like pneumonia, yep. shortness of breath, cough. Mm-hmm. A lot of those like the like breathing difficulties that are kind of affiliated with the coronavirus is because of where it binds to in your body. Right. And that's pretty much what, what we found online and we kind of um, – where to find these symptoms or what it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely cut that out. Like, um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So also, so the WHO or WHO. I just like to say the WHO. It sounds better. They also have like a thing online talking about kind of like what some common questions are that people might have, at least with like when it com- when it comes to this specific coronavirus. Like for example, um, let's see. There's one thing that's like talking about should I worry about the coronavirus. Um, at least from what the WHO is talking about, is that the infection tends to be is like generally mild, at least for children and young adults. Yeah, specifically for m- most people um, under the age of what, like 50, 60? Something like that. Um, just people who are tend to be on the younger side and if they have a pretty healthy immune system, it will feel like a mild cold or like a very like you're going to have trouble with breathing and co- you're going to be coughing a lot and having a fever. But like overall, it's not – super bad like it, it's not incredibly severe which is why it originally started to spread so quickly mm-hmm. because right. people were like i mean i read an article on one of um, the people on the uh, diamond princess which is the line the cruise liner that mm-hmm. got like basically stuck at sea with a bunch of people who have coronavirus mm-hmm. and one of the guys who's on that wrote an article and i think it was the washington post or new york times or something and basically what he said was um i would go into work with this Mm-hmm. Because, it, I mean, obviously he won't now, but um, he said he feels like he could because it's not like it's not prohibiting him from doing his job particularly. Right. Um, however, they're older people and people with like pre-existing medical t- conditions like high blood pressure, heart disease, lung disease and cancer or diabetes mm-hmm. will develop more serious complications from it. Most notably pneumonia and respiratory problems, including respiratory failure. Yep. Which is why it's important to be mindful of like what symptoms you might have and then kind of taking those actions to prevent others who might have these complications or right. higher risks to be infected and so yeah and that's like why i mean that's one of the big problems with it is like 
the other thing that's really problematic about this particular virus is that it has a five to six day incubation period. So you don't show symptoms until like five or six days after you get it, mm-hmm. but you're still contagious at that time. Right. So if you happen to catch it and then you, let's say, go to like a family reunion or something, everybody there is possibly um, going to be infected. Mm-hmm. And the uh, So the coronavirus originated in the Wuhan, China area yep. in late 2016 or 2016, 2019, 2019. Yep. Um, and basically it was from eating bat meat, right? Um, actually the first case of someone who has experienced symptoms like kind of similar to coronavirus, um, this is from like kind of like a long chronology. I found on Wikipedia that's like has all different resources and talks about like the whole situation, mm-hmm. uh, which we will include in show notes. Um, it was December first when um, the first person who had these symptoms like came up. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, and but the thing is, it's interesting though about this was that this individual wasn't connected to like the wholesale market, and and Hunan, however you pronounce that, Hunan, Hunan, yeah, Hunan, um, which is probably in Wuhan as well. Um, so they, maybe you're right with Wuhan. I don't know. Yeah, however you say it. Um, so that's the first case of someone with the symptoms. Um, but then later, this was in like December 8th and 18th, the same year. Actually, there was more, there were seven cases that were found uh, where someone was diagnosed with the Wuhan coronavirus. Um, and two of them were linked to the to the wholesale market and like five, the rest of them weren't, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I noticed whenever I hear more about the origins of this um, coronavirus that was connected to the, um, the, the that Wuhan market. And seafood wholesale market. Yep. And Wuhan, which um, was interesting just because, like, it's a very complicated thing to try to figure out who's, like, patient zero. There, and the problem is that also, like, the fact that it's just kind of like a mild cold means that it could have been even earlier than it was. Right. And we just don't know. And so, like, I want to take this as kind of a reminder that since we really don't know the origins, we can't really, like, pin it down on a certain meat or, like, a certain, like, group of people. Exactly. And so, like being cognizant of that and just mm-hmm. trying to be respectful of everybody yep. is always a huge part of it. Definitely. Yeah. Cause like, uh, cause not, not, this whole thing is just complicated, but, um, mm-hmm. besides that, uh, it was like around, um, January 12th of 2020, um, or probably December. I'm not sure. It might have been December cause I'm going through the article right here where it says that, um, that's around a time when, like, the, no, it was the 12th of December, actually, when the government of um, China actually, like, kind of broadcasted, say, that there's, like, a new viral outbreak in Wuhan, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of, like, a couple, like, it was, like, what, like, that'd be, like, 10 days after the first person's symptoms came up. 11, yeah. Yeah, 11. So, um, it's a, uh, I mean, and before that, who even knows? Like, it could have been around in November, and we just didn't detect it. Um, right. And like it, because it's such a rapidly spreading disease, that origin is really tough to pin down. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't until like December twenty first when like the actual the CDC in China actually like posted something like an article um, that kind of talked about the, the the identification of this like coronavirus, like calling it like an unknown pneumonia. Essentially. Yeah. And they, um, so they didn't even know that it was like a link to the coronavirus. Um, so, and then it wasn't even until the day after Christmas where they, uh, a lab identified the coronavirus from a sl- sample connected, uh, collected on the 24th. 
um, to be most closely related to a bat SARS-like coronavirus. Which I think might be where people are saying, like, that at least this is from my understanding, that this is probably why people might be saying, oh, it's because someone ate a bat. Yeah. Because, like, it's because it's similar to, like, a SARS-like coronavirus. But it it's not sense. the same, though. So yeah. it could have it could come from there, but we don't know. Right. And so that's kind of the point that we're trying to hammer home here is that, like, it, it's very unknown at this yeah. state, like, where it actually originated from. Right. But obviously now it's here and it's very much a part of our world. Mm-hmm. So in February is when it really started to pick up, especially, like, in January, it started to come around a little bit, um, but then it started to become more wide on February 1st, mm-hmm. um, or at least reported worldwide. Right. This is like, what, the 12th situation report at this point from the World Health Organization? Because they weren't posting these daily by that point. Because, mm-hmm. um, I think right now, as of today, which is what, March? March 12th. March 12th. There's like 52 situation reports. Yeah. And they started doing that daily on February 1st. Yep. So that's kind of what to think about. Um, but yeah, so the 12th um, situation report, which is on March 1st, um, this is when it kind of spread more worldwide. Um, this around the time when the, uh, the America had the eighth case, which was in Boston, which is someone who was traveling to Wuhan and came back to the U.S. for college. Mm-hmm. Um, South Korea already had 12 cases. Um, Spain had the first case. Um Vietnam had their sixth, Japan had three more, which basically increased to 20, and then Australia actually ha- ended up having 12 at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, that's kind of where it began to be more global, like, global yeah, at that point. More widespread. And of course, the problem also, again, is with the detection, it's so tough to detect it mm-hmm. that like that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are starting to like really get nervous about it mm. it's just because it's such a struggle to like contain the spread because most of the time people don't even know that they have it until like six days afterwards right and then yeah so it's just like a lot of these issues um keep arising with that um also um when was the first death um, I'm not quite sure. I might have been in China at that point. It was. So. I'm pretty sure it was in China in like January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the first death from what I was reading, it was. Um, I have to look at a different article just because um, the the one that the Wikipedia article I found actually has like a way, way more detailed um, story about how this disease happened and just kind of going over that. So it was around. Oh, it was January 11th when the first death happened. And this was someone who was from Wuhan, and they were 61 years old. So mm. that, that's I can imagine that person would be high risk because they're elderly. But yeah, so they sense. probably died from complications from the respiratory disease. Probably we don't know, but <laughs> but that also, that is where when the first death started, and around that time it was like nine days later, the 20th of January. That's when like um, the the first confirmed case was out of China, and this this was in Thailand, Japan, and South Korea. Mm-hmm. So those were the first three countries that got like infected with the coronavirus before um, it came to the U.S. So that was like that. And then on the 21st of January, actually, that's when the U.S. got their first case, okay. which was in Washington. And it was someone in their 30s. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of info about that. Um, actually, NBC, NBC has been really covering the story pretty well. Really? It's like... Just, just to kind of give them good, give them credit. Um, like the timeline that we, that they, I'm looking at that they have that goes over more like key points of the 
whole coronavirus, like how it spread and when it got to US, it's very detailed um, with like linking to the other sources. Yeah, so the um, person in Seattle was diagnosed with um, coronavirus. Um, they were actually this. This is what what prompted the CDC to actually like try to st- start screening um, passengers to different airports. Like O'Hare in Chicago is one that started screening people. Okay, and then also Hartsville, Jackson, and Atlanta. Is that um is that broad and domestic travel, or is it just international travel? I think it, it, this was like after the first case, which was like two months ago. So that January. would definitely be international travel then. Yeah, so they're really from affected areas. is what I would guess. Yep, that's what they're. It seemed like they're doing. So they're trying to bring people who were coming in from like I think specifically from Wuhan. So they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, oh, and they're rerouting. At that, at that point, they're rerouting flights that were originated in Wuhan to like five different airports. Okay. Which I think we're like um, San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles, based on what this article is talking about. So it's kind of when the U.S. first like got their first um, case, but like going more into like the actual situation in the U.S. in detail. Um, at the moment, there's a total of 1,215 cases mm-hmm. and a total of 36 deaths. Um, and so far, it's only in 52 states. And in, no. And the, no, not, 50, 50, 42, 42. 42, yeah. I did not say 52. I meant 42. Yeah, so it's 42 states officially have reported cases. And then the District of Columbia also has cases. Okay. Which actually, a good, member of, a good couple of members of Congress Possibly have it, yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly have it, yeah, yeah. Well, there was the whole CPAC thing, too, where the Conservative uh, Political Action Conference, am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I hearing about that. They, there was a, somebody who later got confirmed for having coronavirus mm-hmm. there. So people were exposed. Like, mm-hmm. people who were in politics were exposed at that point. Yep. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of this data is coming from the CDC. Like, people who've been tested uh, for the CDC since, like, January 21st. So that's you know, that's interesting, and also like um, yeah, and actually like the out of the total cases, um, like nine hundred eighty eight of them are actually being looked into, like where the source was. So it's not a hundred percent confirmed whether or not like these were from like travel related um, incidences or like close contact incidences. So it's like still very well, there's a lot of variation in in knowing how this came about. But yeah, in like some of the hot zones where there's like more cases. Um, then others would be like New York City has like quite a few in there. California is another one. And then Washington, those are the three main states that have a lot of cases of coronavirus, like relative to the whole United States. And I think like the only the states that don't have them, it's like Mississippi, Alabama, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Idaho. Mm-hmm. Those are like the different states. And, oh, and Alaska. All those states haven't reported any cases, but that is to be determined at some point though, just because I'm not sure how the testing works, um, if they're doing wide-scale testing that much though. Right. So it was kind of like a matter of waiting for someone to come in with symptoms. Yeah, it's like, the other problem is that it's just like very much, since it's so new and unknown, there's just so much that we still need to learn about it. Mm -hmm. So it's just very much trying to make sure that like, we stay on board with what our government, what our medical professionals are doing. Mm And so, so this was uh, declared a pandemic pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, March no, March eleventh. It was March eleventh. It was March eleventh. Yeah. Okay. On March eleventh, it was declared a pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
and that was by the World Health Organization because it led to that point because of, um, by that time, by this time, um, there there was like 118 cases worldwide with like 4,000 deaths based with based on what the World Health Organization said, um, and pretty much like every continent has like has a case of the of the coronavirus except like Antarctica. Yeah, which makes sense. Well, I mean, nobody lives in Antarctica, so right, except for the researchers. Because yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, that's that. And um, but yeah, so it's like at that point, um, it, it became a pandemic. But um, which is interesting though, because um, the the person who directs it, the World Health Organization, even said himself that like you know we haven't really we haven't seen a pandemic sparked by coronavirus, and we've never seen um a pandemic that can be controlled, which is a very interesting statement to think about. Yeah. Most of the time when there's a pandemic occurring, like it's pretty out of control. Right. This one seems like we can do a lot of things to control it, mm-hmm. which is very different than like any other time that there's been a pandemic in the world. I mean, for example, the Spanish flu um, mm-hmm. was just spreading rapidly. Like it killed a lot of people, but they were all young. So that's a big disparity. And I mean, obviously, you can't really compare two different diseases because mm-hmm. they're completely different. But And with like different health standards at that point, I can imagine that there's like right now we have more tools, hopefully, to be able to like. We're, I mean, we're already the genome's already been isolated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like a lot of these things are in theory controllable. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a matter of time at this point. Right. And so. I kind of want to get into now the um, why people are so concerned about everything, why people are quarantining themselves, and why colleges are canceling um, yep. and like are not canceling, going online, remote, um, and why like domestic travel has been seriously like, oh, God damn it. like why people have been recommending not to travel. Yeah, um, and the reason why is because it's all about really what the, it comes down to is the medical staff. The United States right now um, and everywhere around the world is very much trying to contain it so that the medical professionals can keep as many people who are afflicted by the more severe form of the virus alive. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctor put it to me simply today. He said, so he said, we have 2,000 respirators in Madison. And if in the next two weeks we have a bunch of people coming in every day complaining of the coronavirus, we won't be able to save all of them because we don't have enough materials, staff, personnel, and of course, um, respirators to keep them alive. However, if we there are two thousand cases in the next six months, mm-hmm. we will have that that we will have everything equipped to handle it. Right. There's a great post by the University of Michigan Medical Center in which they have a graph that shows what the whole containment effort looks like. Because if we had, if we just kind of ran around willy nilly and like just did whatever, continued to operate normally, and everybody just got coronavirus, mm-hmm. a lot of people would survive. We would develop antibodies and it would be, mm-hmm. most of us would be okay. However, the people who needed the medical support would probably not get it. Right. Because of the way that the healthcare system just doesn't have enough people resources, time, and materials to actually care for these individuals. Right. So that's why we're trying to like really contain it. And that's why we're doing all these shutdowns for preventative measures. Mm -hmm. It's not really 
the death rate doesn't really concern us. It's just how infectious it is mm-hmm. because it's spread through the air. It's spread if you touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Um, and that's why you have to like, if you have any of these symptoms, make sure to quarantine yourself. Make sure to cover up your coughs. Don't come within six feet of people. Don't touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. And make sure to disinfect doors as much as you can and other common areas just to make sure that the virus doesn't spread. Mm-hmm. The virus also has a very long lifespan on surfaces. My doctor also told me today that um, recent research has shown that it's up to three days on any surface. So that's why we're trying to disinfect all these areas so that people don't get sick as quickly. Right. And so that they don't have complications coming in from different different things so that basically like we're actually equipped to handle it. Definitely. And yeah, and that's um it's just interesting to think about because like as someone who works in healthcare and like has been working with patients who are experiencing flu symptoms, um, and even though that most of them are not necessarily considered or under a rule out for coronavirus. Um, it's definitely something that I feel people should just in general try to be more cautious about outside of a, a pandemic like this. Um, to be mindful of washing your hands and stuff like that, using sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Um, just be like taking those considerations in mind. Um, but then like thinking about what the government, at least the U.S. has been doing to kind of like try to mitigate things, even though there are some issues with like how like the healthcare system just hasn't been too truly equipped to handle this. Because um, I definitely have heard, you, you've definitely heard stories of people like, oh, everyone's buying masks and stuff to enable like protect themselves, quote unquote, you know. And then, and like, then, but then people are also saying, don't buy masks because healthcare professionals need that and we right. have a limited supply. Right. And like, same with like all the other things, like Purell's almost completely sold out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like toilet paper and bottled water. A lot of these like obviously basic supplies that people feel like they need to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Also just like a lot of this stuff um, also could go to healthcare professionals. Right. So. And But it's interesting though because I'm like looking right now at this article about like still the, the ones tracking tracking like the moments of, of coronavirus and like actually this was really recent and like the 29th of February um, the president uh like actually added like more travel restrictions like for no flights abroad anymore mm-hmm. yeah and actually yeah and it's like specifically like the travel restrictions at that point where you can't go to uh, iran italy or south korea at that or point. china but that was, or, well, china. That was, that like, was like the, the first and now it's extended out to all of europe oh really yeah he did that yesterday i'm pretty sure that yeah, yeah no, it was it was like last night um i was watching the news and like yeah donald trump did um put like a travel restriction strict for like all of Europe so that there's no flying there and even like a bunch of um, study abroad programs got canceled. Mm-hmm. And so, a bunch of like internships and like even like my friend's like service abroad trips mm-hmm. canceled because mm-hmm. it's just the containment of this disease needs to be upheld mm-hmm. in a way. Like yeah. a lot of the time like it's just it's mostly just about containing it at this point because that's all you can really do. Right. And actually, one thing that is interesting that um, has been done, this was like the 3rd of March that um, China did. Um, they specifically built a hospital just for the coronavirus patients. Oh, really? Like, strictly for them. And they, um, yeah, because they transferred a lot of patients from the, the Wuhan Number 5 hospital, that's mm-hmm. what it's called, to a different hospital, which is a, 
Lyshan Chan, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, but that's the hospital's built strictly for that, which is interesting. Um, which is good. I think I think it's also pretty good too to have like a specific subsection of the hospital or the whole hospital is a lot, but um, given the severity that's happened in China, it makes sense to have a whole hospital for that. But in the U.S., I can imagine maybe like cutting off a whole floor of the hospital just yeah. for coronavirus patients or ruling out the coronavirus patients. I think that's what's going to end up happening if it like spreads more and it's going to spread more. I mean – most likely a lot of people are going to get this disease. The estimate was around 150 million mm. in the U.S. It's just yeah. about a third almost. Yeah, it's it's just um, about more at this point about containing and making sure that everybody who needs the more severe care mm-hmm. and like respirators and all these other things that will help them survive right. gets it. Right. And keeping as much of our population alive and eventually healthy as possible. Mm. Definitely. That's actually pretty cool, important too, especially for healthcare providers. I know like at least my job has been doing something where they like say, if you're going to travel somewhere, make sure you let us know. And if you develop symptoms, you're going to have to self-quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen on Twitter actually a bunch of um, people arguing about how what would happen because there's a lot of policies about um, paid time off, mm-hmm. especially with healthcare. And um should that be used if you end up catching the coronavirus and have to self-quarantine, which I, which can get in a whole different debate about like, um, about benefits and like the right to sick leave. Um, so that's always, that's always been an interesting argument I've seen um, that you shouldn't use pay time off and that people should be somewhat compensated for things that happen because of this. Because I know at least one of my friends got kicked out of the dorms because she works for housing mm-hmm. and she got kicked out. Um, and where is she going to live? Well, yeah, not, 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 not actually not as a, res- as a resident assistant, but like front desk. Oh, okay. but because they're like kind of kicking people out almost. Yeah. Um, or having students not live in the dorms. And even for like, um, those who like are staying in our dorms, mm-hmm. um, cause they can't leave or they're an international student and they can't fly back. Right. Um, so the other thing that's going to happen, at least at UW Madison, is that they're setting up a specific dorm just for people who have coronavirus, mm-hmm. so that they can just quarantine themselves. Wow. And then go like survive the disease for two weeks, and then go back and just have the antibodies, and hopefully don't have it anymore. Right. And of course, like even if you have antibodies, it will happen again, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's not a one time and you're done kind of thing, but it's right. a lot less severe the second time around. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what else? Yeah, no, that's, no, actually, that's interesting though, because like, that's like, those are like some small, not small scale, but like kind of like um, local approaches that have been, like, have been done, but like, at least like, I know like Trump has recently, like not recently, this was like the 6th of March. Um, he was, he actually signed like an emergency spending bill or package to like combat the disease. Um, this was like in March 6th. And then like after that, um, ironically, actually the uh, coronavirus conference was canceled a while ago, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And um, thinking about like, not just the president, but like the actually um, Vice President Pence, is he the one that's technically in charge of like- Okay, so there's actually like a very um, funny thing that I was seeing that, um, 
So Trump put Pence in charge, but also the head of um, health and human services. Oh, yeah. Alex Lazar. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is also in charge. Mm, okay. So I think Pence is overseeing it, but char- like Lazar is actually going to be like the one on the ground doing all the work. Right. That makes sense, though, because he is a health yeah. secretary, which is good because I'd yeah. rather have that happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's interesting to kind of see that different type of like approaches and yeah, like, as, this is, like, a completely crazy developing story because, like, um, the most recent thing I found right here was, like, March 8th, there was, like, 500 cases um, of coronavirus confirmed at that point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like, like oh. Okay, I, so it's jumped up by 1,000 in the last four days. Which is a lot. I also think that, though, um, it's more just, like, it's been spreading and then, like, people are starting to develop symptoms and go in and self-report. Right, because like the, that delay you have. It's the five-day delay, and you might not even know that you have it, mm-hmm. um, think you have it. or even think that there is a possible reason that you might have it, mm-hmm. and then you end up getting, you know, tossed around, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, here we go, I have coronavirus. Right, so. no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, and like one thing, too, about this whole thing is that um, even the CDC director was like talking about how um, that um, like a lot of the responses that we have towards the coronavirus have been kind of hurt because like there's a lack of funding for the CDC and like other public health labs because like this is a public health issue right you know because like a lot of the responses that we've been having seem to be very reactive at this point like some some of it is like kind of proactive but most of it's like reactive like oh shit we have like um this many cases let's shut down school we don't really have a a real plan we just need to wing it for the most part yeah there's some things but not everything also like i feel like a lot of the another problem is that because of the 24-hour news cycle a lot it's like almost over covered and there's a lot of speculation that happens with it so then people start to like really freak out about like what like they don't know what's actually going on so then there's this huge like disparity between like what's actually happening versus like what is perceived to be happening mm-hmm. and then people start freaking out and have you know buying all the toilet paper that they ever want right right stuff like that yeah definitely it's interesting though because I'm, I'm looking at this article right here from um cnbc talking about how there's like a hearing in congress in the house um, that's like addressing like um the budget that um the cdc has and even and the director himself um Robert Redfield, he was talking about how, like, again, like I said earlier, that like the, the house or the government hasn't been investing much in these public health labs um, because, like, a lot of the testing being done um, for coronavirus not only is it like uh, it's been delayed for most people, uh, but also there's been a lot of quality control issues. And then um, the tests are expensive and a lot of these other things. I mean, the CDC, as you were saying, has very little resources to like dole out more Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of, yes, there's been a lot of congressional spending, but I feel like a lot of it has gone to a more stimulating the economy or attempt to. And the economic impact of the coronavirus can be seen everywhere. Definitely. And actually this other article that kind of was linked from the first one I was reading, um, talking about kind of like how the, how, how, Department of Health and Human Services was looking into how these, um, like a manufacturing issue with the coronavirus test kits, because um, then like this issue cause is what caused like 
states to need to like go seek for like emergency approval mm-hmm. to kind of expedite that process so that it, the, the states themselves can use like a test kit that they have because I think the CDC at first was the only one who could test for coronavirus and had the means to do it but then like states couldn't really do their own thing until the CDC just like to standardize yeah the just to get a kit. yeah I mean that makes sense you gotta standardize the the way that it's being almost perceived and like tested for so that people actually know like what the procedure should be for this kind of thing. Right. And a lot of this is very unknown. I mean, we haven't had a global pandemic in a long time. Mm-hmm. People had very little infrastructure to actually like adjust to it, especially in the global world that we live in today. Yeah. Definitely. And so that ends up almost coming to bite us back in the ass. Cause like, you know, we're, almost ill-equipped for it just because we're not used to having stuff like this because of all the vaccinations and everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm not advocating for anti-vaccines or pro-vaccines. Yeah, I'm just saying that's the fact. Like, right. if you're vaccinated for a lot of things like measles, mumps, rotavirus, all those other stuff, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be more likely that, like, you're not going to have as, you're going to have more immunity to just overall disease. Might have to, yeah, that's, that's might have to, might not overall immunity to more disease. I'm just saying like for those specific diseases, right? right, I should, I should check myself on that. Yeah. That that was an incorrect statement there, but, um, (laughs) that's what we try to do here. We try to correct ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Um, but so yeah, you'll have immunity to those specific diseases. And a lot of the time, like smallpox, for example, like it used to be the scourge of a lot of people. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. it killed millions upon millions of people over Mm -hmm. years and there'd be outbreaks like every eight years. And then the vaccine was developed and now smallpox is very rarely thought of, if ever. Right. And so it's just like specific like diseases will go away if we vaccinate it and there is a vaccine in the uh, in the works. Yeah. It's like very early in development, though. So it's going to be at least uh, the earliest another year. Mm-hmm. And that's if we expedite test away if we vaccinate it and there is a vaccine in the uh, in the works. Yeah. It's like very early in development, though. So it's going to be at least uh, the earliest another year. Mm-hmm. And that's if we expedite testing. Yeah, definitely. Um, And at maximum, or I mean maximum, at like more, a more realistic would be like, a more realistic timeline would be like two to three years. Mm -hmm. Which is still miraculous if you think about it. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, think about how like a hundred years ago it was almost impossible to vaccinate this stuff. And then like, now it's three, four years. Mm -hmm. And you're, after the new disease has been found, I mean, we've already sequenced the genome. Yeah, that, that's oh, it's crazy, right? No, but it's, it's interesting to think about it because like there's a lot of hope, but it's also like, a, but even with the hope, you still have to be pretty cautious, regardless. Oh, always err on the yeah. side of caution with this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, and it's like, but it's like very interesting to see like how a lot of these government agencies, at least in the U.S., and is like trying to like approach this issue because like, um, like by this time, all the all the states is are already um, testing for coronavirus, um, except actually the the territories don't, are in progress to like have like testing materials. Like Puerto Rico, Guam, and um, and the Virgin Islands are still working on that right now, based on the CDC's website talking about like that those issues. Um, and there's actually like a graph. Um, from the CDC that's talking about like the, the collection of different like specimen samples to test for coronavirus, like how it's like shifted. Cause um, 
at first, like it, it was like maybe like the highest peak before was like 400 tested in like January 29th. Mm-hmm. It was like the most of the CDC labs were like testing. Um, but then like by March 4th, there was like a huge spike that's like 1,300 specimens being tested for coronavirus. Um, and But these were like U.S. public health labs, mm-hmm. not specifically the CDC. Right. So that's like all the states together, I'm assuming. Yeah. Which is quite a bit when you think about it, um, seeing to that. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking a lot about that, but also um, what is the economic impact of this? I mean, obviously you've seen the Dow dropping. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's been dropping. It seems like we did hit a bear market. We have hit bear market, um, which means we are officially in a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you see like in Italy, for example, the only things that are allowed to be open anymore are pharmacies and supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And that's to help contain the virus. Makes sense. Um, and that's really bad for small businesses. However, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, the Trump administration right now is trying to um, provide a tax extension over the coronavirus yeah. to like small businesses specifically. Um, Steve, Min- I don't know how to say his last name, Munch. Munich. 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 Munich? Right. I, I, I think you're right on that, but it's just like, it's just, it's not spelled that way. <laughs> right. The Secretary of the Treasury, right? Uh, yes, Treasury Secretary. Um, he said that the tre- they're considering allowing certain individuals and small businesses to get extension on their taxes so that they can boost liquidity and try to stimulate the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, we're, I feel like the U.S. government particularly is a lot more worried about the economy than like public health right now. That's what I'm seeing right now because I saw the spending package, the 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 8.3 million spending package I saw that I was looking for one of the articles. Um, it seemed like it was going to research and development, but uh, and like prevention, but I don't think it outlined specifically how, um, because of like some issues with like testing and getting enough kits. Um, there's like another bill actually that um, seems to be addressing other things besides um, the economy, which is something that the Democrats are pushing right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think today they're going to vote on it. Uh, yeah, actually, they're voting on it, or they did vote on it today. So I don't know exactly quite yet how that turned out. But um, what this relief package would contain is pretty much focusing on, like, expanding unemployment insurance in mm-hmm. case people get fired or have to be let go for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, paid sick leave in order to help people who have been, have to be self-quarantined to, like, help them still have a living still right because bills don't stop for a reason mm. you know um you know so like food security assistance and kate which kind of goes hand in hand with like unemployment insurance and all those other things yeah, yeah so that i mean that is helpful to the people i it just i feel like there hasn't been as much funding for like research and development as i thought would originally be coming out of this which actually though it's interesting though if you're if you're interested in like looking into the research side of things um Nature, um, the journal Nature, which is has like posts like a bunch of like re- recurrent research, and it's like a really high impact journal. So it's like a lot of like really important research pops up there. They actually made it free that you can read the research, anything regarding coronavirus, because usually you have to pay money to like read mm-hmm. research work, um, unless you have like a university account and you have like something. The university has a contract with these different companies to like look at published research so luckily there's quite a bit coming out but um it's definitely a lot of it's definitely international from what i've seen at least yeah i would say so i mean the world's starting to work together to try to 
combat this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Finally, something we all agree on. <laughs> Which is good. And that's we need that. Um, we do. Especially with, like, um, given, like, how, how much as how quick things have happened. Right. Because we're talking about, like, a three-month, no. Two-month. Actually, yeah, I know, two months. It's been two months since, like, the original, like, I mean, it got into the United States in February. It's been, like, a month. Yeah. But I'm saying from, like, the first, like, way back, like. Oh, that would be, like, three months. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So, like, three months, though, since the start. And all this stuff happened at once. It's crazy. Um, But, yeah, but it's interesting, though, because I'm looking at this plan a little bit in more detail. So, the paid sick leave part of this um, bill that, um. House Democrats are trying to push is like um, the it would pay it would replace two thirds of wages for for workers up to like four thousand dollars a month and it would like extend eligibility for unemployment insurance and ex- and there's ex- expectation of a billion dollars in emergency appropriation for expanding the access to access to food security programs like food stamps for example so okay. that's good and then like other things like meals on wheels um and then like the special supplements nutrition program for women infants and children um so that's pretty interesting but it's it actually it says like it should be like about like 10 billion dollars um for or tens of billions for like the whole package which is a lot of money to throw with but it makes sense because it's such an emergent issue and you need to like figure out like how are we gonna like help people who can't work or um, their jobs are closed because maybe for some reason we can't keep these places open? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So now we're gonna move on to what the uh, CDC and WHO like the advice that they have for you. And so what I want to start out with is just busting some like commonly held beliefs or myths almost mm-hmm. that people are like saying. And that I've heard a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, the first myth that I have is that uh, COVID-19 virus can be uh, transmitted in areas with hot and humid climates. Um, and so a lot of people are saying that the summer is like going to you know, stymie the growth of this place. Yeah. And that's not the case. It can be transmitted. It doesn't matter. It, it does not matter if it's hot. It does not matter if it's cold. It will continue to infect um, from all evidence so far. It looks like um, hot and cold weather does not kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be transmitted regardless. Um, and the best way to protect yourself against it is just frequently cleaning your hands with um, like Purell alcohol-based hand sanitizer yep. and or more effectively washing your hands. Yep, 20 seconds. 20 seconds at least with hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, do the scrub-a-dub. There's like a meme going around with like how you can do different songs with mm-hmm. it. Yep. Doesn't matter. Just like, just do it. <laughs> just look at the diagram. If you don't know how to wash your hands, which I hope that most of us do. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen people leave. It's funny. I've been seeing so many more things about washing your hands lately. And I'm actually kind of glad it's happening, but I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. They took a, a pandemic for that to happen. I know. Like actually there, I was watching this John Oliver video that was, uh, he was talking about this TikTok that, um, Oh yeah, this guy in Vietnam made because yeah. like Vietnam made a national song about washing your hands. It's super catchy, by the way. It's if, you, so if you haven't heard good. it, it's so catchy. I, if I can find it, I'll link it. Okay, but it's like yeah, there's like a and they like have to like don't touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's where the virus is going to get in primarily, or through the air in saliva or sneezing, coughing, that kind of stuff. 
Um, also, taking a hot bath does not prevent it, which I don't know where where that came from. I don't know where it does either. Um, But it doesn't prevent it. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Your body's already at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take, like a little bit less. Quite a bit. (laughs) Sorry, 98.6, or 36 and a half degrees centigrade for our European friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the world who doesn't use the imperial system. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, taking a hot bath, which is going to be about the same temperature, just doesn't right. change anything. Um, so, again, washing your hands, um, just doing that kind of stuff. Um, and it cannot be transmitted through mosquito bites. So that is good. Um, that is good. That means that you can go outside and if you get bit by a mosquito, you're not going to get the coronavirus. Right. That it's mostly again. It's through discharge. Um, it's through saliva and sneezes and coughs and um, basically like, for example, if a person with the coronavirus wipes their nose and then touches the doorknob, it will be on the doorknob. It's not going to be like through blood, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, Definitely. And it's interesting too because like a bunch of these myths I was not thinking about or had never heard of. Like right here, this one's talking about like how. Um, are hand dryers effective at killing the coronavirus? And the a- answer is no. Um, so, like, you should definitely just clean your hands with both hands. Well, I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna repeat the same so thing. Yeah. Uh, same with ultraviolet lamps. They don't. They don't kill the new coronavirus. Neither. And thermal scanners are um, effective for people who have developed a fever, but um, they can't detect people who are infected but not yet sick with the fever. Mm-hmm. And so because the incubations two to 10 are more likely five to six days, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could be spreading it around and you just don't know it. Okay. Um, and then can spring alcohol or chlorine all over your body, kill it. The answer is no, that'll hurt you. <laughs> um, that will hurt your skin first of all, but also it's going to be entering your body already. If you have it, mm-hmm. disinfecting your hands are, is good, but like don't spray yourself like everywhere with alcohol or chlorine right. cause that's just not going to help. Uh, it's it's good for disinfecting surfaces, though. No, definitely, it's interesting though, because like, I, I think there's like a there's a lot of different myths here we can talk about, um, and I'm just gonna go over two more of them. Like, one that inter- is interesting to me is can garlic prevent infection? <laughs> Which the answer, of course, is no. But um, <laughs> but because like one, there's no evidence really, so that you really can't say much about that and also like rinsing your nose with saline to like prevent infection that doesn't help either um there's really no evidence um um the one that i really stuck out to me is does the new coronavirus affect older people or younger people susceptible um the answer we discussed it earlier older people and people with pre-existing conditions are much more susceptible Mm -hmm. however young people still can develop more severe problems with it and could develop, could end up dying. Um, mm-hmm. There's just not enough cases yet where younger people yeah. have died from it. Um, again, it's a very new virus. We don't know a lot about it. So just make sure that you're keeping yourself clean. Um, wash your hands. Obviously, the other preventative measures that we've talked about a lot. And the big one that I feel most personal about, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Because like, like, and this is also straight from the CDC website, just kind of what they're talking about. Because because like this coronavirus originated in like in China and Wuhan, I have seen a lot of people. Either it's making memes or whatever. Even like the media, whenever they post anything about the coronavirus, it's always like featuring people of Asian descent, mm-hmm. which I personally feel very like yeah, that's angry not okay. about. I'm like, 
because there is like a lot of stigma that comes from like the coronavirus. People like would think, or at least like at least from the CDC and from what I've seen, people who are like very susceptible to like experiencing the stigma are people who like are from are from Asian have or people of Asian descent, um, and anybody who's like traveled to China or anywhere that has high impact areas, mm-hmm. they're more likely to feel this. And also, and for some reason, the CDC even says emergency responders and healthcare professionals, which makes sense why people would think that, but um, it's also really, really stupid to like to stigmatize someone because of these because they're whatever and then these reasons. There's also like I like there are people who for example, would not eat Chinese food mm-hmm. because of the coronavirus. I think I like, saw that somewhere. That's really dumb. Someone was asking, like, I think I saw like a skit yeah. about it, joking about like, oh. Yeah, it's just that that won't, obviously will not infect you. Um, then there's also like, a lot of people will give like, people from uh, different areas like, a hard time about what they eat, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, just remember that our dietary habits in the United States could be considered weird for other people. Right. Like, I mean, mad, like mad cow disease, for example, came from underprepared beef. I mean, there's also salmonella, food poisoning that oh, comes yeah. from that. There's also like a lot of other diseases that can arise out of our dietary habits mm-hmm. that other people would be like, why the hell are you eating that? Right. So just take in mind that like, yes, everybody's different and there are risks with eating everything. Um, and just make sure that you're like, not using this as an excuse to be like super racist or or, like just have any stigma towards any people because Mm -hmm. obviously they're just as out of control of the situation as you are right so you can't make jokes about that you can't like do anything like that because it's just like it's fucked up (laughs) yeah exactly that's the easy way to put it yeah Um, but yeah no but and there's also like a lot and what's cool though about the whole um like actions that have been taking place is there's a lot of good coverage about this issue so which i feel is even though there is a lot of like to an extreme for my experience i feel there's like a lot of hysteria to an extent but i feel like there are a lot of good sources that don't like make such a big deal mm-hmm. even though even though we should take this seriously if that makes sense like yes try to caution but don't overdo it because like, because um, one, it can affect other people who really need, need it. For example, like stocking up on the masks and all these all these other supplies. We talked about this earlier, so it's important to just stay informed of like what what's going on in your local area. And even actually, the US USA.gov has like a a little site that talks that lets you look at like your individual state and like what that government's been doing mm-hmm. um, to combat the disease and even like local governments specifically so that's good and just remember to stay up to date with all the information don't listen to like sensationalized media as much more listen to um i would say like the great place to go would be the cdc oh yeah cdc is a great place to go because they try to use it as objectively as possible the who is really good yep Um, and there are some websites that have decent coverage that aren't like hysterical mm -hmm. uh at least like nbc news has a good like website that like kind of like kind of blog thing that kind of keeps up to date like track of like what's going on right um though it can be easy to feel like oh shit this is a lot yeah um so i mean we're all in this together we have to pull through obviously um 
So just make sure to keep yourselves safe, um, healthy. If you feel like you have the virus, go contact a healthcare professional as yep. immediately. Um, yep. Self-quarantine, make sure that you don't spread it if you do have it. And just stay up to date with everything. Um, and just, I would say, look at as many objective sources as you can. Mm-hmm. So like, go look at the CDC, the WHO, and the government's website. And I feel like that would be a great way to kind of get down to the gist of what you need to know versus like what is sensationalized. Exactly. Yeah. And definitely because I feel like at least (laughs) this is one little side note. I can definitely see people taking this whole coronavirus thing and making it into like a whole conspiracy theory. Yeah. Because I have. I've already seen some. Oh, really? I've seen a couple too. But yeah. But definitely, yeah. Just try with caution. You know, take it seriously. But make sure you do your best to protect yourself and those around you. So, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all we really had to say just because um again it's a really developing story so by the time this is posted probably some, should there'll probably be another development to be honest mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah there's that so yeah definitely all right well, thank you for joining us of course um, this is jh and this is aj and we're signing off